here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. I am so excited today to have this conversation. I'm welcoming the entire team of people of all colors succeed. This is a 501c3 coming out of Kansas City, Missouri, POAC. They are working to close the gap between injustice and equality for all people to spark courageous conversations for change. I love it. They're getting into our schools, to our young guns, to get to our little guys before they become adults and create and facilitate some of these life skills around emotional intelligence, finance, working together, so many amazing things. So this is a great conversation of what they have going on, what they're doing, and then I will be competing on their behalf at the Doomer Charity Challenge on September 10th. So if you're in Castle Rock, come down to CrossFit Loop, watch us compete. We're working to raise some money for POAC and get them some cash so we can further facilitate their amazing programming. I really appreciate the entire POAC team. I love what you guys are doing. Go see what they have going on, get involved, and cheers to making the world a better place, one intentional conversation at a time. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts and look for this video on YouTube. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited today. We have a 501C coming in from Kansas City, Missouri. If you've listened to Turmeric and Tequila, you know I'm a passionate human about fitness. I've recently jumped back into CrossFit and I will be competing once again uh, for the Do More Charity Challenge coming up here on September 10th, I believe it is. And if you're familiar with that event, we pick a team and then that team competes on behalf of a charity. And this event is amazing. I think it's about five, six, seven years old and they've raised over $1.5 million that have gone back to all of the different causes. And it's cool because if you've ever worked in the nonprofit world, you know that a percentage of every dollar that comes in kicks back to administration or whatever. Um, but this actually, every dollar that comes in goes back to the charity. So it's an extraordinary event with a lot of money going in the right direction. And I'm excited to be back in it and competing on behalf of POAC, People of All Colors Succeed. And uh, they are associated with the Community Banks of Colorado. But in a nutshell, we've got the whole team here, including the founder and their basic bio. I'm going to let them do the full form one because it's a really extraordinary uh, mission and what they're doing. And it's right on brand for Turmeric and Tequila, our listeners, our community. Uh, but POAC Succeed is working to close the gap between injustice and equality for all people to spark courageous conversation for change. So diversity and inclusion, you know we're here for that. Without further ado, you all welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I don't know who wants to start us off, but give us a quick intro on on the mission and the why. Well, thank you for having us on your show. My name is Jamie Grayson, Executive Director, Founder of POAC Succeed. Uh, we started our journey in 2019 for the sole purpose to help the next generational leaders. So a K through 12 focus. Uh, we think it's important to teach the young students the importance of emotional intelligence and also align them with opportunities throughout the community with, through our internship program that we offer as well here in Kansas City. Um, I'll let my other teammates introduce themselves. Yeah, I am Alexandria Rodriguez, AKA Lexi. I am the president of POAC Succeed. Uh, obviously as a small nonprofit, we wear many hats. I also am a program facilitator. I do the finances um, and a lot of other things, but uh, my main mission in, in the nonprofit is just kind of let students know that there's not a linear line to success. Um, just share my own story of kind of where I got to and let them know that, you know, 
how I got to where I am is I picked a lot of different paths and it lead me to where I am today and just kind of sharing that with them. All right, I'll go next. Um, I am Marissa Grayson. I'm our program facilitator here at POAC. Um, just like Lexi said, we all wear lots of hats and do a lot of things every day. Um, my mission and my goal for my position is to just really inspire these kids and let them know like there's a whole world out there, all the possibilities of what you can do. It's really, really incredible what students and everybody has up in their, their just massive minds. You know, these kids, they have these conversations and they are so excited to share what they see the world as and it's truly inspiring and that's what that's why i'm here that's why i love this job and this position and i am jenna scott i am the vice president of community impact for people of all colors succeed and my main job is to connect the community to our amazing students so we all do a lot of things like lexi said all of us are program facilitators we get to spend time with all of our wonderful students but um, i get to spend time helping the Kansas City and the region understand how important growing the minds of these young kids is um, and growing the skill development that they all need um, to be successful employees, successful, successful citizens, and successful humans. So we get to do a lot of fun things with our students, and it's so fun to watch the two worlds of business and education come together. Thank you for that. I love it. I can tell each of you individually are mission-driven humans, so I know that supplements the team agenda exponentially. I, I always get really excited about really any 501c3 out there, you know, heading towards um, making this world a better place, but particularly around our young people because I'm 41 and I didn't necessarily grow up with social media, and I know the pressures I had in middle school and high school and whatever Um and, and especially being, you know, a privileged white person, it's a whole different experience. But now I see our kids with a whole different, uh, you know, environment with social media 24-7 and the marketing come out. And that's kind of why I started Tumor and Tequila was what I called graceful disruption, disrupt some of the noise that's out there. But I would really love to hear how individually, maybe some of you guys as young people um, kind of grew up and why you're so excited about this to supplement the curriculum. I, I really wish that there was more life skills in our in our you know, middle school, high school, even elementary school curriculums around finance, around relationships, around nutrition. Uh, I'm here for algebra, but I don't know if that's the most applicable situation. I think there's an app for that. I hope so. Anyways, math was not my jam. We were hundred percent an athlete, but it's the, the life skills. I was so fortunate to have sports because that's where I experienced a lot of diversity and inclusion, and I probably played the least, the two least diverse sports in the world, lacrosse and CrossFit. Um, but it was it was so cool to then travel the world and be exposed to different cultures, like literally be in people's homes and see how you know they baked bread different or brush their teeth different or you know pro I would call them my varsity life pro tips, like stuff you wouldn't think about, but you just pick up along the way. Like that supplemented my journey in my education as an adult. Uh, tell me a little bit about it, you guys as young people and why maybe you can see now in reflection, like this spark of being passionate about diversity and inclusion started very young. Well, I'll go ahead and say that sports is something that's been heavy in my background. Um, former collegiate football player. Um, my twin brother and I played co college football together. My older brother, um, Marissa's dad, ran college track, three-time track All-American. Hey. And my younger brother played college baseball. So Sports was something that I noticed that it broke down many barriers when it comes to interacting with people. Um, I often tell we had athletes from Compton, California, Biloxi, Mississippi, two different worlds, but it took all of us to move the ball forward. You know, the goal of our sport that we played was if we come together as a collective. We understand the plays, you execute the play. 
Um, it's the same thing with the brand that we created with POAC, you know, POAC to me, it, it's defined as community. It takes people of all colors, all backgrounds, all skill sets, economics, mm-hmm. doesn't matter to move things forward. So um, I, like you, am a disruptor. You know, we want to dis- we want to challenge people to disrupt the way that we sometimes were growing up to believe. Yeah. Um, I think Lexi said it best earlier. Success is not a straight line. You know, it can take you different, you know, different directions and still lead to something that you're passionate about and enjoy. And a lot of times it doesn't have to do anything with race or, you know, color at all. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of where I landed with this organization. And uh, if any others want to share, feel free. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, my background personally, I think is a unique story. Um, just growing up, um, you know, I was a survivor of uh, child sexual abuse. So that was a really big barrier for me. And, you know, saying out loud takes that power away for me. And, you know, I grew up um, really similar to a lot of the students that we work with in the charter school and coming to from a high school that didn't have a lot of Um, opportunities, right? Just, there's just wasn't to your point, those life skills. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it led me, led me astray. So after high school, I, I went, got my esthetician license because I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was like, I got, I did my math. I did my English. And it was like, I didn't have that exposure piece. So I got my esthetician license. And the day that I got it, my certificate, I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to really make a living? Cause you know, they didn't give that business piece to that, that certificate. They're like, well, here's your knowledge on how to do it, but I didn't t- teach you how to build the business part of it. So I joined the air force. Cause I was like, I want to get out of where I'm, where I am. Right. I, would, I didn't want to live in the city that I was at and I went to the air force. So that gave me a lot of great life skills that I needed just to be disciplined and, and get out of the neighborhood that I was at. Then after that, um, I went to school and I went to school for nursing. Then I got to anatomy and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> then I went to school for Spanish. And then I was like, well, this is silly because there's a lot of native Spanish speakers. So I don't know if that's really the course. And then uh, I was really fortunate. My dad started a business and he was like, hey, uh, I don't know how to do this QuickBooks thing you work with this accountant and you figured it out. I'm like, okay, dad, I'm like in college, I guess I'll help you out. Um, and then I ended up realizing how much this account makes. And I was like, man, this, this is what I want to do. And I ended up realizing that I was really good with numbers. Um, so that's what I ended up graduating. Um, you know, a little bit non-traditional at the age of 24, I ended up having my first child, my last semester of school. So that was really stressful, you know, having a two month old baby trying to do my finals. Um, but I did it, you know, and, um, so I think my biggest thing for students is letting them realize, um, the exposure piece, cause I would have never picked accounting as an agree, a degree for me, but because I was exposed to it, um, that's what I want students to realize is that, you know, our internship program for students is a little bit different because we don't let them pick what they think they want. We do a youth science assessment and we say, hey, this is the opportunity. These are your skills that you're good at. And this is what could fit for you. And let us expose you to different elements that you could be good at um, and find something that you could end up loving. And even at the age of 33, I end up switching careers to something completely different, you know, and, and it's still okay. And I'm still learning what skills and strengths that I have and I'm leaning into those things. So, um, 
you know, I love that I get a little piece of everything because I get to connect with students that I feel like I see myself in and I get to give little nuggets that I felt like, man, I wish I would have had, I wish I would have had this, you know, I wish I would have had a mentor because I was one of those students that I did really well in school. So no one really connected with me because I did well. They're like, well, she's, she's getting A's and B's. She doesn't, she doesn't need help, but I really did seek a mentorship and I didn't have that. So I really look at students that, yeah, they're doing well, but that doesn't mean that they don't need a mentor. They really still need someone to hone in on them and still be a support, even though they're doing well. So those are the kind of students that I look for and, and just be a support to anybody and everyone that wants to be. So, you know, I, I love that piece. I love um, the exposure. Yeah. That's what we like to about poet. Um, to what Lexi said, kind of about that strong kid in the classroom, I kind of think that all four of us have that background of the face that everyone has to put on to kind of get through their day. Um, for me, the students that I'm looking forward to connecting to, um, so actually started with the company about a month ago, so we haven't actually been in the classroom yet. So all of mine is going to be future <laughs> goals, but um, I'm really looking forward to meeting those students who like are kind of like us, you know. They go through so much to be to at school every day and you would never know it. You know, they're just there to make sure they're getting their grades and can get through their day and get back home. And it's sort of relatable just on a different scale. Um, I actually came from a two parent household. My mother passed away when I was uh, nine, though. So in the really hardcore years of my life. It was a one parent household. And my dad did a phenomenal job at raising us girls. You know, we had that typical teenage girl kind of, <laughs> oh, dad, you're ruining my life. But <laughs> in turn, when I look back, he did a phenomenal job raising us and he trusted us with a lot. And that's what a lot of these students go through. I mean, their parents sometimes are going to work at 6 a.m. and not getting off until late at night. And it's like, these are kids like this is just insane. So I'm super, super excited to see how relating with them and just digging deep and seeing where they are going to go in life is just, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and for me, um, you know, I kind of grew up very lucky. My parents did divorce when I was a young kid. Um, I was only about seven years old when they divorced, but my parents co-parented me fantastically. Um, my teachers in high school would be like, oh, how long have your parents been married? And I'm like, they haven't been together since I was seven. So, you know, I kind of had that, that trick up my sleeve, but my parents always told me from day one, you can do anything you want to, however you want, as long as you're willing to work for it. Um, and so I've always had that really gritty work ethic and being willing to just put in the time and effort um, and seeing what can come out of it. Um, but I always attribute my big heart, if that's what you want to say, to being involved in nonprofits to my older sister. She um, is six years older than me, um, but she's an educator. She taught kindergarten and first grade for a long time and then now is teaching sixth graders. Um, so her whole life has been about students and kids and um when I was young, she basically taught me that everybody has a story. Everybody, you know, is someone. Everybody deserves to be said hello to in the hallway. So in high school, I graduated with like 425 people, but I could probably walk down the hallway and tell you 400 of their names. Um, so I, I just loved getting to know them and their stories and who they are. Um, I have a very heavy athlete background as well. I played softball. I swam. Um, I ran track. I pole vaulted. I triple jumped. Like I if there was a sport, I was playing it. And so I also got that deep 
team effort and how you see how everybody's strengths come together and how we work to build the skills that we don't have um, by focusing on what we do have and how we can help each other out to get to the end of the game, you know, whatever that looks like. And in this life, it's an infinite game, but uh, we're working on trying to help those kids get to the same place where they see the success and they know how to break it down. And I just love watching them get it. Like it's the coolest thing to get to see somebody really understand that I can do this, even though I've been told my whole life, maybe I can't. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate you guys sharing uh, your stories and your backgrounds. Everybody that I have come on, I'm always interested in whether it's a nonprofit or for profit or service or whatever. I'm always excited about the company or the mission, but really it's the humans behind the cause. And when you can share your story and what you're doing and why you're in pursuit of what you're pursuing, I, I think that's where the audience can really connect. And so I appreciate you going to some vulnerable space and sharing more in depth of your story. Cause I know that will really hit home with a, a lot of the listeners and in turn um, really connect with their hearts. I do now want to talk about the charity and all you guys have going on. Uh, I would love to hear like the starting point because of point, because the 501 C is no 501C3 is no joke and it's hard to get stuff going. And then believe it or not, it's actually hard to give money away and to infiltrate um, the with the right connections and strategic partnerships and programs. And then you build a curriculum. Like it's a lot of moving parts. And on the flip side, if you can get in it and, and go with it, obviously, as all four of you had said, it's more than rewarding because you get to see impact right at hand. And I mean, it's just a hundred percent soul fuel, particularly with our young people. Um, but give me a little bit about the beginning, because I know how hard it is. Uh, what kind of like fueled the journey and just like tell us how you guys started? Well, you know, I think for me, starting this with a vision to see, you know, all people have success, you know, from all backgrounds, genders, uh, races. Um, I oversaw. So my prior work, prior career, prior to the POAC launch was uh, in the financial industry. So I oversaw the entrepreneurial side of of the banks that I ran. So I had the blueprint of, because that's what I did for 25 years, working with businesses and how to start, grow and sustain. So when it came to putting this POAC business model together, I basically pulled it off the shelf and just recreated it for how we can use it in our community. Um, Finding a niche that would actually generate a feel for me every day to wake up and go after. Mm -hmm. Um, Youth development was always that thing. Uh, I was mentored, so I wanted to give back in a way to mentor the next generation. So putting a nonprofit together, it can be challenging. Um, I think there's a gap of understanding nonprofit in itself because people think that nonprofit is just a a charity. Mm -hmm. It's a business still. So we have business levers that we operate. So we, we actually utilize grants as a 501c3, corporate partnerships, which is you know something that's charitable giving for them, school partnerships, and then we have fundraisers that we operate. So there's four levers that we pull in order to make our business go forward. So uh, it's been fun just because every lever that we pull, it's a unique pull. So yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it takes a different you know mindset to go after certain pockets of our community. I, I think that's really great intel. If anyone's listening that has um, aspirations to start a 501c3, I think P, there is so much misconception around how important that business side is. And I even say this to like potential influencers. I read something where like there's young people now, they say, what do you want to be? And it used to be like doctor, lawyer, and now it's influencer. So that's a whole other podcast. But um, I even tell them like that, you need to approach most things like a business and you got to understand the inner workings of where's money coming in, where's money going out, account, like all of that still exists. 
you're you're just the mission's a little bit different. So I appreciate you pointing out that out. And uh, I think what you guys do with that mentorship, like finding someone you can trust to help guide that journey, is so critical. I'm even excited to see the NBA and our like our large professional athletic situations lean in. The NBA is far more progressive than most of the other professional situations. But um, to really give like our young athletes these tools, because you're a zero year old with now fifty million dollars, and of course you know all heck is going to break loose. So I I think that's good to kind of have like this business conversation early and again in the curriculum of our young people, so you can get you know a hold of your finances very very early, and then that business mindset can can set in. Um, did the, the you guys have uh, any experience? experience early on as far as like business or money or something that kind of made you like shift gears to get more of a business mindset? No, um, I have always had that. <laughs> that's been my space. So I've always operated, even as a high school kid, I always had a, a liking towards entrepreneurship. Uh, people see what I do today, what we do as a team today, but this is something that's not brand new. I've been on this mission for community, um, you know, enhancements since 1990s. Back okay. when I was high school. So um, I, I think it boils down to a word, you know, that I often reference is intentionality. You know, we have to be intentional of trying to grow communities. Mm-hmm. We have to be intentional of providing access, exposures, and opportunities for students who don't have it. Some of the underrepresented communities that are out there, you know, a lot of the businesses, they tout that they want to do certain things. However, it doesn't align with their intentions. So you have to be intentional about trying to impact the youth that we say we care about and then go actually do the work. And that's one thing I will say about our team that I'm very proud of is that I oftentimes say, I don't need a big team. I need the right team. So with the right mindset, with the right intentions, because it's not about us, even though I created this, this is not about me. This is about the, the legacy that we're looking at behind when we're all gone one day that hopefully that we, we plant enough seeds and the, the, the next generational leaders that they carry this thing forward. So, yeah. And I think, you know, um, I've been with Jamie since the beginning. So Jamie and I both worked at um, Mazuma and he kind of told me about this vision about POAC. And I was like, you have to bring me with you. I want to be here with you. I'll help you stand the company up, obviously with an accounting background um, you know, if you're going to start a nonprofit, you need someone with some financial background, you know, having your books right and doing it right the first time um, is key. Uh, if you want a successful business, if you want a successful nonprofit, getting your books right the first time um, is absolutely key to success. So um, obviously, I think Jamie was very intentional about saying, yeah, come on, if you want to come join, let's let's do this together. So um, you know, getting those right players to Jamie's point, um, having those team players that have the right skill sets to make sure that your vision can come to life. You know, and I'll add to that a little bit because with me having a, my athletic background, everything I do, I think like an athlete still as a former athlete, <laughs> because I've never been on the sideline. I've always been in the game. And this is as a nonprofit, you have to be in the game. You can't stay on the sidelines waiting for somebody to do the work. You got to roll your sleeves up every single day and go do the work because, you know, the livelihoods of small businesses, successes or failures is based upon the acumen of those who are running this game. And if you don't have that skill set, understanding mindset, that's the reason why a lot of businesses don't succeed after three to five years. So, yeah, um, we all have to play between the lines, 
just like you were about to play in this CrossFit challenge. So there you go. Look at that tie in. Um, yeah. I mean, but isn't that the goal? That's the hard part. But like, I mean, if you've ever, I mean, you, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's worked in the corporate world and you, you can get up and, uh, this is kind of why podcast and so much, uh, has fueled my fire is it's great to, you know, make money, have security as you get older, but it's kind of like the why, like, what am I actually doing here? What am I leaving behind? What's going like, does any of this actually matter? And I think our kiddos are, are, are connecting to that questioning early on um, and deciding what they want to do. And as much as I kind of laugh at our young people who are saying, I want to be an influencer, um, I do champion the mindset of like, maybe what you're going to do doesn't exist yet. So you have to like, let some of this go, but just kind of stay in that heart space of like, Jamie, you're saying like early on, this was in your mission. Like you were called to do this very early on and you were clear on it. So I always, I think that's a really noteworthy point of you might not have a label or a brand or a, a clear mission on what the next step is, but you're called or you're moving towards something. And oftentimes I think that's enough. You need planning, you need the business side and you need all these things. But really, if you're unsure and you're younger or, or maybe you're older, like 33, I've, I've pivoted many times. Um, you, I think you just got to keep following the heart as cliche as that sounds. Uh, coming from that corporate world, did you guys all kind of have corporate experience where it's kind of like, okay, this is good. It's cushy, but like, what's, what's happening here? Like, what am I actually doing? What matters? Absolutely. <laughs> Go, Marissa, <laughs> tell us about it. Well, I was actually in banking also. And I mean, there really isn't for me, there wasn't much to take home from that. Um, mm -hmm. Both of my parents were educators. So I saw the impact on the people's lives they had. And I mean, I had my couple of regulars at the bank that would come in and say, well, how's it going on Tuesday? But <laughs> there was never anything that really made me feel like if I was gone today, that they would say she changed my life or she yeah. helped me make this decision besides, you know, keep an extra $10 in there. So <laughs> I, when Jamie asked if I wanted to come on board and Jamie and Lexi both, they really kind of talked to me about what they truly did. You know, obviously Jamie is my uncle. So I saw the outside bubble, but then I met with Lexi and she described the day to day. And I mean, it was just right up my alley, the not yeah. being in one office all day and actually getting to talk to people and find like-minded people who are on the same mission that's that's part of my why. I mean, yes, I do have kids and they are my why, but actually feeling like I'm out there doing the work to make an impact is more than rewarding for me. So, yes. And I would say, I think um, women, it's always a conversation, you know, do you work? Do you manage the kids? How do you balance whatever? And it's a different conversation for, for parents, for male parents. Um, but I would challenge, and I don't have kids, so I'm careful to speak on things that I don't have true experience in, but I do have three younger brothers that are absolute wild animals. Um, and I was the oldest, so I feel like I got the parenting out of the way early. Uh, but I think walking in an example and leading by example and, and you filling your own cup and then being that example for your kids, I think is really a massive um, way to lead. Like, I think that's just such a positive thing. So that's my two cents on that. Well, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Gold stars. Um, all right. So tell me you guys, I really, let's, let's unpack, uh, POAC, POAC, like, give me some of the examples of like the curriculum, the initiatives, like what are, what are we doing on the daily or what's some big stuff coming up? Go ahead, Lexi, kick that off. <laughs> yeah. So, I oh mean, next week we start schools. So we have two kind of programs that we run. We have a real world learning program, um, which we have three charter schools we're partnered with right now um, in the Kansas City area. So our program kind of on that looks like we have a three week onboarding and that's where we really prep the students for their internship program. So we do a three weeks where we're teaching those life skills. We're teaching what does it look like when you go to your internship? What does it look like? 
to be employable. How do you how do you do a signature line? Um, you know, how do you network? How do you build a LinkedIn page? You know, all those skills that you wish you would have learned. Um, and then we send our little babies off to their their job placements. Uh, so we're we're really excited about that. We start that Monday, and then our our other side of our other program is our equity program that we're partnered with about six schools in the school districts here in Kansas City. And that we're really focused on emotional intelligence. So we're teaching kids to be self-aware, to self-regulate, um, you know, to help identify their emotions and how do we teach them to connect to one another? Um, we kind of feel like that's a lost art. How do we help yeah. them communicate to one another and and teach each other to, to kind of like each other? Cause it's yeah. been kind of a hostile environment and a lot of schools are struggling right now. Um, if I know you're not from the Kansas city area, but man, schools here have been in, in the news lately, just one problem after another schools getting sued. And, and we're here just to kind of be a, a piece to help schools to, to fix those issues. That's amazing. How do, um, how do schools find you guys? Like, tell me a little about that process. I'm assuming it's the need is overwhelming. How do you guys choose who you're going to partner with and how does that setup happen? Um, well, I Jamie, go yeah. I was going to say, it's really word of mouth. Um, we have a pretty good social presence on social media platforms, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook. Most teachers live on Facebook. Most businesses are on LinkedIn. So those two worlds we bring together. However, um, one of the things we talk about with the schools, because this just resonates with me, is what are your intentions? We're not a check-the-box type of organization. We do want to come in and help be a value-add to create a cool, better school experience for all students, not just some students, all students. So I want to understand from school leadership, how intentional are you about creating the change you say you want? Yeah. Um, and and I, re I say that because, you know, this is life and death for some students. Mm -hmm. um, some of the mental stressors that these students share with us, the obviously we know the suicide rate with teens today are out the roof. Mm -hmm. So to have us as a resource, um, it's important enough to me to make sure that their intentions are our pure of why we're there. That makes sense. Um, how do you guys, this is kind of a random question, and I, I, I intentionally try and stay around my young humans just to, to understand their world and see, you know, what consumer packaged goods they're consuming or how they wear their clothes or what their conversation is. And cause like you just said, it's gone from, you know, marketing and awareness and, um, positive impact to life and death. Like it's gotten so serious that it's this awareness is, is very heightened. How do you guys, do you intentionally stay connected to young people or what's going on in schools? Like, is there something you guys do to really stay tapped into uh, the trend setting tip of like elementary school or middle school or high school? Well, I'll tell you, so since we started our journey, we've uh, impacted over 4,000 students. So as they go through our program, they become, we call it gold standard ambassadors. Okay. So there's a, sea of, there's a sea of ambassadors that we created their own community, their own network that they can tap into, you lean on each other. Uh, the beauty of what we've seen in our program is especially the uh, equity side that Lexi spoke to is that you can have the star quarterback and then you can have the students that's not involved have the exact trauma, we'll call it trauma, and realize once they go through our program and realize they actually have that in common, they've now become allies for one another. So 
we're teaching students how to become an ally. Um, you know, we all have we all have little stressors we go through. Uh, I think it was said earlier, we all put a mask on sometimes just to get through the day. But when you realize that you have other students around you that you can lean on and just pick up the phone or shoot a text, hey, are you okay? Sometimes that's all that they need to hear is just asking the words, are you okay? Yeah. Because sometimes they're not. Yeah. Do you, do you see as time has gone on? Um, because now, you know, like therapy and conversation on mental health has grown even uh, in the past, like few years, like even five, six years ago. I know when I was a collegiate athlete, like nobody really went and saw the health, mental health professional there. And it would have helped uh, all of us. But it really just it just wasn't a conversation. It wasn't even it was like taboo or stigmatized. It was just like we just didn't do it. Do you, have you seen even in the years since you started like this more warm reception from your young people about, you know, therapy or conversation or getting more into the emotional uh, intelligence and just sharing emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, one of the things that we oftentimes go into a classroom trying to inspire, and oftentimes we leave inspired by the students because mm -hmm. they are actually speaking out loud about their therapy sessions or when they're, you know, to your point, when I grew up as a college athlete, we didn't talk about that. That was viewed as a weak thing to talk about. So I find it encouraging to see students today are speaking more proudly about the challenges that they have, uh, the help that they're actually getting, which is actually now bringing down that stigma for other students to go do the same thing. So I actually think it's been really encouraging to see that piece become a little bit more out in the open, to, you know, just to talk about. Yeah. And, and so when we do our equity program on the onset of it, we always do an assessment so we kind of ask students, like, what are your needs? Like, what would you love to see more at your school? And the number one thing is more mental health services. That wow, was the okay. number one thing across the board from every school we work with. So not only are they talking about it, they're, they're saying they want more. So, I mean, that's something that we always turn over to leadership um, at every school is that, hey, your students are asking for more mental health resources. So we're also a tool to, to leadership at schools to say, hey, your counselors that maybe are only trained for career services, you might want to get them trained in more mental health services because your students are asking for mental health services. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I'm I'm so impressed. And I always think like our, I try like focusing on the young people. I'm here for like all of us, you know, 20, 30, 40s, 50s plus. But also I'm like, forget about all of us. Just go to the youth. Like you got, you can teach an old dog new tricks. But the reality is like our kiddos are so far ahead and they're exposed to so much, you know, so early that it's like the focus, like we have to show up and be doing this work because they're ready now when, you know, we were 30, 40, whatever, until we were like starting to facilitate this conversation. Um, so that's really glad to hear. And I'm glad to hear that you're hearing that feedback directly from the schools because that means it's actually hitting leadership in their seat. They're connected in some capacity. Um, I'm not a teacher, but I like I coached for 10 years at high school out here when I after I graduated um college and almost no conversation at this point. This was I think 2012 to whatever um 18 or something. I don't know. Like so but still like this is how far we've gone in this time. So I'm really excited to hear that like the actual leadership, the schools infrastructures are are questioning this. Um, has your curriculum adapted over this time? Like, have you guys changed things or evolved things? Or were you pretty clear from the get-go on how you're going to approach these situations? Go ahead, Lexi. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously our curriculum, I feel like it is always evolving, right? You know, we're always tweaking things, but for the most part, the core of it's always been the same, right? We're always focusing on 
um, that emotional intelligence, because we really firmly believe that that emotional intelligence can be taught at any age. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful thing about our program is it's during school hours, right? We are not an after school program because we don't want any student to miss out on this program. Um, and we've been, that has been our big cue from the get go as well, because there's just so many students of, you know, athletes that'll miss out mm-hmm. or kids that have to go home and watch a sibling or they have to go work. So they work, we, yeah. we've always been touted that this will be an in-school program. And, and why wouldn't you, you know, I think a lot of schools assume, oh, well, these are things that parents are teaching their students at home. <laughs> no, we are, you have to teach the mental health side and these emotional intelligence skills in school. It needs to be taught. It's got to be a course and, and we're here to fill it. Yeah. I also uh, wanted to add okay. uh, to what Lexi said too. You asked if it's ever adapting. Um, a lot of the conversations we had are led by the students. Um, as we've been kind of going through everything this summer, Jamie has always like reiterated, these students are going to talk, since you give them that platform, they're going to talk about what they want to. Now that they know that it's not, oh, you're going to get a D on this assignment or anything, they are going to take the conversation and go in a different way. So And as far as like adapting, I think that that is one thing that is really beautiful about this is there is no right or wrong for we give the students. It's kind of whatever they see it and what the the conversation they bring towards us. So, yeah, I think another thing that's really cool, too, is that our program is uh, age and stage appropriate. So the fun thing is that in my former life, I was at a university teaching professional education and workforce development skills to college or older And they're the same skills that we're teaching to these kids now, because it doesn't matter if you're 52 or 14, you need to know how to have communication skills. You need to know how to have emotional intelligence. You need to know how to have self-awareness. But I think the beautiful thing about working with this age group is that they are so open to it. And they're, um, Jamie always says, we like to work with the kids because the adults have kind of messed it up and we don't want to unteach them. So we're (laughs) going to teach the kids the right way first. And then we will go ahead and let them flourish into the adults that know how to use those skills from go instead of having to unlearn maybe what you've already learned and and redo it all. So it's really cool to watch um, how those skills grow with some of our eighth graders that we work with at our middle school that we're connected with into high school. And then after they graduate, it's really cool to watch them develop the skills. That's, that's so awesome. It sounds, I mean, something as you get older, if you're intentional human, if you've done therapy or coaching or mental training, whatever, so much of it is being, feeling heard and feeling seen. And it sounds like you guys are such phenomenal listeners that I think if they can experience feeling heard and feeling seen at a young age, you experience that. And then you are in turn inspired to live that way. And then, and and be the example for and and see and hear other young people. Um, You said as they graduate, they become ambassadors. Have you guys seen or connected or kept in touch with or further this community once they're out of the program? Does everybody, do the kids still keep in touch or anything? Yeah, we have students that reach out. Actually, we have students that want to come back and work with us. So I think that's a, a testament to the body of work that what we're doing is that they see the value of giving back to the next generation and they want to come work with us as a nonprofit, um, I think that's to me is a win-win. It's a, it's a pat on our back for what we're trying to accomplish. And um, it's the biggest compliment that I can get is having a student want to come partner with us. So 
Absolutely. You said you've reached over 4,000 students, which is amazing. Congrats to that. Uh, and I have no doubt it'll continue to grow. Is there one story for any one of you where it's maybe one kid or one mile marker where it's like that that point of success, like a, a really deep success story um, that kind of just like keeps you in the game and keeps you fueled that's happened thus far? You know, for me, yeah, there's a student named Billy. Uh, he's at one of our charter schools. And the very first day that um, we introduced ourselves, our program to this school, he made the comment, he's like, you know, it was so refreshing to see somebody like me talking about what we're talking about as far as leadership development, you know, having a blank canvas that you can create your future on. There's not a lot of minority male teachers um, in the classrooms here in our, in our community. They might be a coach. They might be a PE teacher, but, you know, someone who can stand and teach on a different, you know, level and talk about different things, it was refreshing to him. And we recently did a day in life video, um, thanks to our partners, um, you know, with um, SVN, uh, a school that we've worked with in De La Salle, that's where our intern was held at. So he sees himself now as an educator. Matter of fact, he says he wants to start a nonprofit of his own. So, okay. That, that was to me like, all right, we're actually giving these kids hope. Yeah. So, Game changer. Any other stories? Lexi, you have a story? Um, oh man, like you say that and it's really hard because I love <laughs> all my students. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think all my, I, it's like a tie between Billy Diamond and Cubana because they were just phenomenal students and they each had their own unique story. Um, and I think Diamond for me was a, a really big connection because she, she kind of had a, a little bit of a, a rougher background for me. Um, and I could just feel her energy sometimes when she come to class and it was a little off. And, you know, sometimes I had to pull her to the side and say, Hey, you know, like what's going on. And I, she's like, I just don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, Hey, it's all right. Like I'm here for you, you know? And sometimes I could be that sounding board for her. And, and she's like, yeah, you know, I just like just having a rough time. And I'm like, I get it. You know, we've been there. And I think sometimes, um, you know, teachers can be so easy to just write students off, like, mm -hmm. oh, they're just being rude today, instead of realizing, you know, these students are have a rough home life sometimes, and giving the an extra two seconds to a student that, hey, maybe they just need five minutes to themselves to just like compose themselves to get back into class, or or maybe today's just not the day for them, just give them a break. Um, so I think that one kind of hit home for me because I can remember days like that for me. So mm -hmm. that that one's a special one for me. Any other ones, you guys? No, like Marissa said, we both just joined in July, so we have not yet been in the classroom with the actual students. Okay. But so it's um, I really love Billy's story too, just the day in the life video. When you hear what it takes for him to get to school, just the, you know, the the track to actual school, it it just softens your heart and makes you realize that these kids are so resilient and so tough. And at the same time, like understand why sometimes like like they said they have a bad day and like yeah i have a bad day when i get frustrated because my coffee machine won't work let alone yeah. trying to get to you know the school because i have to do all the things that they have to so it's it's phenomenal to watch them go through those and and still come out on the other side in a good mood and successful 
Yeah. I think we can always learn from our kiddos because they really are so tough and so resilient at such a young age. Then you pack in this whole digital situation and it's a whole other animal, but um, there's so much to take away. And I, I that's, I mean, that it's so cliche, but you, you find when you give, you always get back and uh, it kind of comes full circle. But I think that's just such fuel to live your life and keep you grounded and keep that perspective. Cause as you can get older, you know, you can make your money you can get in your routine. Everything gets, you know, pretty cushy and complacency can set in and you got to kick out of that, get your boots back on the ground and, and get in the mix of what's relevant because, um, you, I was talking about natural selection, but you kind of be selected, like you'll be irrelevant and you'll be out of the mix. And that's not really the point of life. So switching gears, I, I am curious. I do think on my podcast, I always say God, universe, Madonna, whatever you believe. I'm a huge Madonna fan. Uh, like something like is serendipitous, like things line up. And so I'm so excited to find out that I was competing again. And this happened to be our charity, which was right in alignment with my own personal, personal mission and values. Uh, how do you guys know, um, do more charity challenge? How do you know community makes Colorado? Like, how did this happen? So, uh, you know, Nicole at Bank Midwest, we, we started a partnership with them about a year ago and they, they took on one of our interns and just throughout the time, we got a chance to know not only Nicole, but some of our other team members. And, you know, when things just kind of organically feel right, you just go with it. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, from the very beginning, when I met Nicole, uh, it just felt right. You know, she was authentic. She was open to learning who we are, who I was. And vice versa, uh, coming from banking industry. So we both worked in the same industry. So we had stories around that. But, you know, getting an, getting an opportunity just to learn um, about what was important to her, what was important to her team far as to align our missions and what we're doing to that bank. Uh, it was just a match made in heaven. And I think yeah. the rest is history. You know, we look forward to growing that relationship year over year. And um, we're happy in to have this opportunity with you because, you know, I'm not, a, I, I work out every day, but CrossFit is a different animal. So hats <laughs> off to you. <laughs> yeah. We're crazy. You might though, after this, so, if you get in the mix, you might see it and you'd be like, mm, I think I could do that. And then one <laughs> class, I'm telling you, my former athletes, it is a slippery slope. You drink the Kool-Aid immediately and that's it. But we'll, well see. No pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm 40, <laughs> I'm, I'm 47 years old. My body doesn't heal the way it used to. So <laughs> it takes that. a little longer. I hear that. Well, I, I think it's so funny when you talked about intentionality, cause it's so critical and all my, you know, most like my type A, my athletes, my mission driven humans, it's like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. But like the older you get, you realize like, mm, like God, universe Madonna is going to be like, no, actually I here there is larger order here, whatever you believe. Like there's not only so much you can control. So I think it's really important like to see when stuff like this just happens, line up and you just said like, it just felt right or it felt authentic. Like I, I always try and remind myself mostly, but like my, you know, hard charger is that like, let's do all the things we can, but also like, just keep the faith that if you're showing up and you're in alignment and you're doing the right thing, like the, the right things will come in. And that's honestly how I feel even about this. Like I'm so excited I'm, when they said the charity and any charity we play for is amazing, but I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly, you know, what the path is. So this is so cool. So I'm pumped to meet you guys in person and convert you to CrossFitism uh, eventually. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk. So are you guys, is everybody a former athlete in some capacity? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Everyone on this call is a former athlete in yes. some capacity. That's my favorite. Okay. Well, that that's amazing. Um, we've got about 12 minutes. I want to make sure we cover anything. Do you guys want to share anything that's like coming up, um, inspirational stories, something that really drives home what you guys are all about? 
So yeah, October 14th, we're having our second annual POAC Succeed Golf Tournament. Um, we're really excited about that. Last year, we had over, we sold it, we filled the field. We had over 144 golfers. Um, it was a 85 degree day in October. It was just probably one of the best golf weather days you can get in Missouri. So we're crossing fingers and toes that we get the same result. But um, our fundraising that we do goes to all the charter schools that we work with. So we, we, we basically, we do our work in charter schools at no cost to them because a lot of the schools, they don't have the budget, so they don't do certain programs. So we want to take that burden off of them and offer, offer our services to them for free. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason why we do our fundraising to help raise dollars and cents for that community, that population of students. So, um, Lexi, anything else in regards to fun, exciting you want to share? Um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, we always have a Kentucky Derby Gala. That's always in May. Cool. Um, it's always fun. You get to come dressed up, wear a fun hat. Um, but yeah, obviously as a nonprofit, we're always looking, um, for funding. Um, so always accepting donations on our website. Um, we also have a POAC channel on YouTube. So we have our two day in the life videos for students. Um, so if your listeners ever want to go see what those look like, um, every year we're trying to highlight a special student. So obviously this year we'll try to identify one or two students and do another one. So go check out our POAC page on YouTube link up with us on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. You can kind of follow our journey. Um, and we always try to post out um, little clippets and videos of students who've gone through the equity program and kind of how they felt about it um, and the real world learning program. So yeah, follow our journey. And we always have a tagline of where strangers become friends. Yeah. I love that. I did see your guys' YouTube page and this is, you know, social media and internet gets a bunch of bad rap, but as a small business owner and, um, someone that kind of was coming up as social media was taken off. The upside is accessibility and you can connect. And even if you're, you know, a small business in Colorado or a small nonprofit in um, Missouri, like you can connect and get involved and see a day in the life. Like that is the upside of this is you can, you know, connect from people all over and see what's going on and get involved in causes. Do you guys have any sort of involvement outside of the state? Uh, You know, right now our sole focus is the Kansas city region, but I think, my big picture vision is kind of that domino effect. You know, I would love to have other neighboring cities and states reach out to us in Kansas City asking the question, what are you guys doing? Because something's working. We feel your energy. So I think in the years to come, I can see the brand expanding to other cities. But, you know, we want to also create ambassadors so that whether we're there or not, or they hear you on your podcast, wear the T-shirt like you have, you know, they can create their own POAC community. Um, you know, again, the word POAC is a representation of community. So, uh, but yeah, to a long-term vision, we will most definitely probably expand. It's just right now we're digging in deep here in our Kansas City community and trying to make it the best city that we can. And as these students go out and grow up and maybe they go out into different cities that they can still carry the same values that they've learned. 
I love it. Yeah. I totally understand focusing and, and getting it really dialed in. There's always so much to do. However, as I said in my initial email to you guys, you guys be like, who is this human? But I was, I would love to be an ambassador or involved, or even if something small from the get-go, Denver is obviously a thriving community and there's a lot of good awareness happening um, in a lot of our cities out here, but Colorado's moving. Anyways, so as, as things grow, please do keep me in the back of my, in the back of your mind of how we can um, support the cause or I don't know, get kids into CrossFit. I'm just kidding. I'm not even like a full ambassador of CrossFit, but we, um, I, I'm a big believer in movement and our young people moving and whatever that means. But yes, please put us on our backlog. So I would love to see this continue and continue to grow. And it seems like it's scalable, not to sound like a super business human, but like you can replicate this all over. So I'm really excited to watch your journey and see how uh, this intentionally and uh, manifest the energy continues to grow and see, you know, the future impact. Well, thank you. And you're right. It takes a lot of energy. And once that energy gets rolling, you get go. out of the way because because change is coming. There you one go. Way or the other. That's what's up. <laughs> All right. So hit me with I'll put this in our um in our notes, but give me any website, Instagram handles, any um anything where people can find you. So our website's poacsucceed.com, P-O-A-C succeed.com. Our Facebook page is just Poac Succeed. You can find it that way. And then on our Instagram is POAC underscore succeed. And you can find us um, on the Instagram channel as well. And then LinkedIn is the same, POAC succeed. Um, you can look at me personally. You'll find it connected to me that way. But um, all those channels is where we share our stories. Because, again, it's important for us not to share our own personal stories, but to share the stories of the next generational leaders that we want all communities to see. So, Yes. And if people really want to be involved. We also have a newsletter that they can subscribe to and get into their email box where we highlight a student and kind of show them all the things that we're doing day to day. Um, and you get to hear those student stories, which are great too, because people really just get the heartstrings on those ones. Yes. The human side. I appreciate the brand consistency. I have to give you guys a gold star there. Um, but I do, I think the human side is so overlooked, particularly in the corporate space and it's, it's so disconnected and people, you don't need to see the full mess, but people want to see the human side. They want to hear about where you came from, how I can connect to you, how my story, even if we look completely different, our stories might actually be somewhat similar. And, um, it's amazing. I don't know who said it early on, but everyone has a story. It's the truth. Like you never really know who's carrying what or what someone's going through. And there's, there's so much more that we have in common that we don't. And I think if we can, as you guys say, get comfortable in like that uncomfortable and have that courageous conversation, you know, we can make real waves of change. Um, is there any like one quote, I'm a big quote human, but does anybody have like one quote or a good piece of advice you want to leave us with before we wrap up? You know, one of the things I always tell the students is that, you know, you can't change the world, but you can change your world. Mm -hmm. And by changing your world, it's a ripple effect out. So I think it starts individually. If you change your world and how you see people and treat people, it will eventually change the world. So it's a ripple effect. There you go. Yeah, we give people the uh, iceberg analogy. And that's what Jamie's talking about, that get to know the 90% of people and you'll be amazed at the stories you'll find connections with. Truth. Do you guys, any anyone else? No pressure if not, it's okay. <laughs> My favorite quote is the man in the arena quote. Oh, um, yes. That's my favorite. Yes. I'm here that for is my it. favorite. Um, yes. You know, and if anybody doesn't know that, please go look up Theodore Roosevelt or Brene Brown, one of the two. But, you know, the man who counts is the one who's in the arena with you, 
marred by dirt and mud and blood and, you know, feeling the same things you are. And so that's a lot of what we do is we're in the arena with the kids trying to understand their feelings and um, we're all human. So get in the arena together. Yes. And it's better you're beat up than the souls that don't know victory or defeat. I'm so here for it. Like even if you're kicked down and you feel like it's nothing, at least you have lived in some capacity and that's really what it's about. So, yep. and I also think um, Eleanor wrote that, but it's okay. We'll leave it um, as a whole, a whole other podcast, but I was going to give a shout out to E. So um, <laughs> that's that, but I really appreciate you guys. I'm so excited to meet you in person. If you're listening to this, come watch for us, come cheer for us. Um, there's way more pressure now that I know you guys. So that's great. But um, we're, the training is real. And it's like I said, it's nice to like train and compete on behalf of something that you genuinely believe in and are inspired by. So I feel privileged there to represent you guys. Um, if there's anything I can do in the meantime, let me know, but I appreciate the time and energy. And I, and as simple as it sounds, I'm just so excited to meet people like you guys that are doing what you do. And it's so mission driven and heart led. I truthfully think that's obviously what our need world, our world needs, but is, is it's really impacting. It's really working. It's really doing something. Well, we appreciate the opportunity and best of luck to you. And we'll be rooting from Kansas City for you. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. Be sure to go check out everything they have going on. I'll have all the links in the, and everything in the bio. And come see us on September 10th if you're in uh, Castle Rock, Colorado. Thanks, you guys. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.